Really, I think you are being ignorant and perverse when you account as a lie anything you've never heard of or aren't familiar with the sight of, or just find too difficult for your understanding to grasp. If you look into these things a little more closely, you'll find out that they aren't only reliably attested, but can easily happen. Look at me. Yesterday evening, trying desperately to keep my end up at dinner, I rashly tried to cram down a piece of cheesecake that was too big, and the gooey stuff lodged in my throat and blocked my windpipe. I was very nearly a goner. Then again, when I was in Athens only the other day, in front of the painted porch, I saw with these two eyes a juggler swallow a sharp cavalry sabre, point first, and then the same man, encouraged by a small donation, lowered a hunting spear right down into his inside, lethal point first, and then, lo and behold, above the blade of the lance, where the shaft of the inverted weapon entered the man's throat and stood up over his head, there appeared a boy pretty as a girl, who proceeded to wreathe himself round it in a bonelessly sensuous dance. We were all lost in amazement. You'd have thought it was Esculapius's own rough-hewn staff, with his sacred serpent twining sinuously round it. But, sir, please do go on with your story. I promise you I'll believe it, even if our friend here won't, and at the first inn we come to, I'll stand you lunch. There's your payment, secured. "'Very kind of you,' he said. "'But I'll start my story again in any case. Thanks all the same. First, however, let me swear to you by this all-seeing divine son that what I'm going to tell you really happened. And if you get to the next town in Thessaly, you'll be left in no doubt. All this was done in public, and everyone there is still talking about it.' But to let you know who I am and where I come from, my name is Aristomenes, from Aegium. Let me tell you how I get a living. I travel all over Thessaly and Aetolia and Boeotia in honey and cheese, and such like innkeepers' staples. So hearing that at Hipparta is the most important place in Thessaly, there was some new and particularly tasty cheese on offer at a very reasonable price, I hurried off there to put in a bid for the lot. But as tends to happen, I got off on the wrong foot and was disappointed in my hope of making a killing. A wholesaler called Lupus had bought it all the day before. So, worn out by my useless hurry, I took myself off at sundown to the public baths. And who should I see there but my old friend Socrates? He was sitting on the ground, half wrapped in a tattered old coat, his face sickly yellow so that I hardly recognised him, miserably thin, looking just like one of those bits of fortune's flotsam one sees begging in the streets. Seeing him looking like this, though, as I say, I knew him extremely well, it was with some hesitation that I went up to him. "'Socrates, my dear fellow,' I said, "'what's up? Why are you looking like this? What have they done to you?' Back home you've been mourned and given up for dead, and your children have been assigned guardians by the court. Your wife has given you a formal funeral, and now, disfigured by months of grieving and having wept herself nearly blind, she's being urged by her parents to cheer up the family misfortunes by getting happily married again. And here are you, looking like a ghost, and putting us all to shame. Aristomenes, he said, you just don't understand the deceitful twists and turns of fortune, her surprise attacks, her reversals of direction. 
and as he spoke he covered his face, which had become red with shame, with his rags and patches, leaving himself naked from navel to groin. I couldn't bear the pitiful sight of his distress, and tried to pull him to his feet, but he, keeping his head covered, cried, Leave me alone, leave me, and let fortune go on enjoying the spectacle of this trophy that she's set up. However, I got him to come with me, and taking off one of my tunics, I dressed, or at least covered him up with it, and took him off to the baths. I got him oil and towels, and with much effort scrubbed off the horrible filth he was encrusted with, and then, when he had been thoroughly put to rights, by which time I was worn out myself, and was hard put to it to hold him up, I took him back to my inn, put him to bed to recover, gave him a good dinner and a relaxing glass or two of wine, and chatted to him to calm him down. He was just beginning to talk freely, to crack the odd joke.